0: Tyler Morgan Show on Relentless Daring Media Network. Welcome back to Land of Bourbon, Bad Decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show live on twitch.tv slash Show, or maybe you're checking it out on Rumble or YouTube or you're listening to it on your favorite podcast app. Either way, I'm here. You, but before I get into the news and craziness of the week, let me talk to you about beard oil. Yes, that's right, beard oil helps keep my face scruff here all wonderful, soft, well, you know, well conditioned, and you know, not brittle and itchy and gross like some people let their beards get. And for my source of beard oil, I go to bluecollarbeardsman.com. At bluecollarbeardsman.com, you will find a great selection of scents that are very pleasing, as well as a, a blend of oils that do an amazing job conditioning your beard. They have so many great scents that are their regular purchase. They have the smoke break with hints of... uh. Aged tobacco, the Apprentice, which is kind of a lemon lime soda smell. Maybe you uh, long for those days of the barber shop. You can get the barber shop. Maybe you like your beard oil to just do its job and not smell good. You can get just you know the average Joe. Maybe you're a coffee guy. You want the the rise and grind, or maybe you feel like a boss. You want that boss smell. You can get the boss man, which you know. Hints of uh, just regular old-fashioned cologne. Anyways, check out their great selections, or if you're looking for something a little bit different, sign up for their monthly subscription. Do it now, and you'll be able to get for the man in your life, or for yourself, the uh, June scent of the month, which will be out just in time for Father's Day. Sign up, and you will get the provider. I, I don't have the list of the scent notes that has, but this is a scent that pays homage to those hardworking men who bust their backsides to provide for their families. So check them out at Blue Collar Beardsman, where you get, you know, an amazing product that is made by the working man for the working man. All right, so getting into the thick of things this week. Um let's talk about Diane Feinstein. Diane Feinstein came back to work this week. And well, Diane is not doing so well. You see,, <clears throat> she was out for what? Two, three months because shingles. Okay? cool. I understand when I was stationed at Fort Knox, uh, one of my buddies, he got shingles real bad in his ears and he was on quarters for, or, you know, stay at home and rest for, you know, a few days because it just got debilitating. It was causing migraines. He couldn't function. And okay. So that's understandable. And at, you know, her age, 89, Diane's a little, uh, not exactly a spring chicken. So a lot of relatively minor health issues at that age can become pretty serious pretty quick. So I understand that. But then when you see the pictures of her coming back to work, she's in a wheelchair. She's got one side of her face little droopy. You other one hand on that side. She you doesn't know, move a lot. It makes you wonder she really had the shingles or was she home recovering from a stroke. And I'm not saying that's impaired her uh, mental abilities whatsoever. However, when she was asked if she felt like she was good to be back, she um, seemed rather confused because... I wasn't gone. I was here. I was in the Senate. I was you know, submitting bills. Uh huh. Right. People in power will often do what they need to remain in power. Um, and maybe not necessarily Dianne Feinstein. Dianne Feinstein really doesn't, (coughs) pardon me, That really doesn't have much control. At any point, she could say, you know what, I'm resigning. I'm stepping down. I need to look after my health. I'm getting up there in age. And I just want to go home to California and just live out the rest of my days. And I would respect that for her. I respect that for Chuck Grassley to go back to Iowa at his advanced age and just go back to whatever he does in Iowa. Sit around and make money on everybody else's work, I guess. I I don't know. But you really have to wonder why is she still there? Now I uh, found a story I didn't get printed to see if it's still on my phone here. Do, do, do. It is not still on my phone, but there there is a story that's come out that one of the caretakers who was there by you know Diane's side is helping her through her days, helping her in the office, is working as an advisor, is one of the daughters of Nancy Pelosi. Her daughter, Nancy Karen is right there by her side. Now, and I get it, Nancy Pelosi and Diane Feinstein have been friends for years. They go back a long time. However i'm not I'm not just trying to add my own looks into it. I'm just going into you know kind of how this story I found said. Is there more to it? because we already know that uh Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, has said that if she resigns ahead of her uh, end of her term, or if she passes away, what have you, he's already sworn that he's going to appoint, not the best person. He's already said, I'm he's already said, I'm not going to go out and do a search and have my advisors go through people who I think would be good for the job and then choose from a small pool. No, he's already eliminated about 70% of the competition. Maybe more. See, much like Joey B and appointing Kentonji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court, old Gavin Newsom, he has already sworn that he's going to appoint a black woman to the Senate. When your qualifications are come down to what's between your legs and what color your skin is. At what point do you go, governor, I appreciate the nomination, but I'm not taking it because I feel like I'm a token black woman. I, I'm here for political expediency. And uh, I believe it's uh, Congresswoman Barbara Lee is who is already kind of the front runner for Gavin Newsom to, you know, appoint. However, uh, there are some who are already speculating that maybe the reason why Nancy's daughter is so involved with keeping Senator Feinstein serving for at least another year so that way she would fall into uh, being replaced during a an election cycle where yeah, they'd do a special election if they needed to or at least wait out this term until she retires. It's because they're wanting to get their good friend, their bestest buddy in the whole wide world, Adam Schiff. Yes, that's right. They want Adam Schiff to replace Diane Feinstein. So we go from an incompetent. This is a woman who, as mayor of San Francisco, when presented with the evidence that links the then-unknown Richard Ramirez to a brutal rape murder in San Francisco, She went on the six o'clock news, gave a press conference, and stated this withheld information that linked this crime to the rape murders in LA. I'm sorry, Dianne Feinstein. You're an idiot. You haven't gotten much better with age, and I think it's gotten worse. And that's mostly due to uh, what happens with uh, old age really goes after those who aren't that bright to begin with. However, the the whole idea that they're just trying to keep her around long enough so that way Adam Schiff can run and have a chance during the primaries to become the nominee i mean i hope that works out well because i mean how much of california is going to look at adam schiff and oh my god he's the great savior he led the impeachment of the evil donald trump and how much california is going to look at uh At Barbara Lee and go, hey, you know what? She's got the right skin color and right genitalia for the job. We're going to vote for her. Honestly, it's a toss up at this point because, you know, the, the crazy left in California, they could go either way. Do they hate Donald Trump so much that they elevate the guy who's could possibly be thrown out of Congress which I would find it hilarious if Adam Schiff were to be removed from Congress and then Gavin Newsom goes oh well I have to appoint someone else to finish his term hey Adam Schiff go finish Adam Schiff's term I mean that would be that'd be hilarious in my opinion because it's like aha this politically motivated, Move! Completely failed and backfired in Republican spaces. While at the same time, I think it would be great to kick him out just to like, go you know, see? Anytime you could have done this with anyone that you really thought was that big of a threat, but now we have the Durham report that shows that everything you said to the American people, everything you said from the well of this, from the floor here in the House, was a bunch of bullcrap. We're going to show you that there are consequences for that garbage. Anyways, I I find it kind of hilarious though that you know with Diane Feinstein coming back and not having a clue where she is, not having a clue if she was ever gone, and then. What looks like a Nancy Pelosi working to keep her in long enough to finish out her term. So her good friend, her bestest buddy in the whole wide world, Adam Schiff, will be able to stand a shot at winning the primary. And speaking of dumb people in office doing dumb things, ladies and gentlemen, please give a round of a round pr- of you ever hear that? A round of applause and you hear random applause, a round of applause, and just and they just get stuck in your head, and you kinda of have the uh oh. It just it's just there the entire time. You know, kind of you hear song lyrics when you're a kid and it sounds one way and you sing it that way your entire life, and as an adult, you realize, oh my god, I was so far off. <coughs> Yeah, I've heard people say a round of applause wrong so many times that I still say it wrong today. Now, let's put a round of applause together for President Joey B. Remember way back after the Afghan debacle when, well, we're going to get back the guy who blew up blew up that S-vest and killed the 13 Marines. Well, the, the guy who actually blew up the S-vest, he was dead. We're going to get the guy who was a charge. We're going to get the ringleader. And they blew up a truck with a Hellfire missile. And it turns out he was an aid worker. And he was surrounded by his children when they blew him up. Well, cue some Britney Spears because, oops, I did it again. Joe Biden and the DOD has sent forth... A drone strike in which a Hellfire missile killed an innocent poor farmer. Not in Afghanistan, but in Syria. And this is coming from the National Pulse. Biden says he killed a senior Al-Qaeda operative. Turns out he may have been a poor farmer. U.S. government officials... Appear to be climbing down from claims that a man slain in a Hellfire missile strike in Syria on May third was a senior Al Qaeda operative. Similar to the drone strike that killed an aid worker's family after Biden's botched Afghan withdrawal, the truth appears to be that uh, appears to be that the deceased was just a poor farmer in a field. In early May 2023, Pentagon officials boasted about the kill, carried out by a Predator drone. But even the Washington Post now reports they are walking back the claims with evidence mounting that the man they killed was an ordinary civilian. Brilliant! No, you look like an idiot. Uh, we are no longer confident we killed a senior AQ official. One defense official, speaking on condition of anonymity admitted to the newspaper. Of course, they're anonymous. They have all the courage in the world to speak out, but they don't have the courage of conviction to give their names. Another, also anonymous official, conceded, well, the strike did not kill the original target as well, yet insisted they still believe the person to be Al-Qaeda. But Charles Lister, the Middle East Institute's Director for Syria and Countering Terrorism and Extremism, wow, I love to see his business card, told WAPO Wapu, Wapu, that the White Helmets organization attended the scene very quickly after the strike and identified the individual with his name and his profession. Yeah, an independent third party is telling DOD, "Yeah, suck it, nerds. You killed the wrong guy." Locals came forward to say this guy's always been a farmer. He's never had any political activities. He's never had any affiliation with armed groups. Lister said, noting that the pace and breadth of such pushback was actually quite unusual. Wapo identified the victim as 56-year-old Lafti Hassan Misto and interviewed eight people, including his brother and son, who insist he was an ordinary man whose whole life was spent poor. If they claim that he's a terrorist or that they got someone from Al-Qaeda, they're all liars, Misto's brother said. The case echoes that of Zamari Ahmadi, a worker for USA USAID group in Afghanistan. Zamari was killed along with up to nine others, including seven children, as the Biden regime scrambled to rega- regain credibility Following an Islamic State, Khorasan Province, ISIS-K, attack during the withdrawal from Afghanistan, which killed a number of American servicemen. The the government initially claimed the strike had killed Ahmadi, that killed Ahmadi, eliminated a high-profile ISIS-K militant. And, That's kind of what this administration is really good at. They're really good at screwing things up. I mean, um, even Barack Obama is, you know, there's a recording of him saying that if you really want to, you know, that, you know, Joe Biden, you know, can really F things up. I don't have the exact quote. I don't want to attribute a non-exact quote to, you know, Barack Obama, you know, the Lord and Savior of the Democrat Party, apparently. Oh, my goodness. So, I I, I really, how many times does the, does the uh, Pentagon have to send a drone to kill somebody. And it's almost like they're picking random people. What is, I would love to know what the Intel package, and, and I get it that those Intel packages will never be released because, you know, ah, uh, well, we have to protect our, we have to protect our sources and we have to protect our, you know, methods of gathering intelligence, blah, 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 blah. I I get it. They'll, They'll never tell. But who is reviewing it? Who is checking with sources on the ground? Because honestly, this harkens back to a lot of the early days of Afghanistan where, you know, farmers can be like, hey, that guy over there, you see him? Yeah. He's a Dirty Al-Qaeda traded to Afghanistan. He knows where all the bodies are buried. Go take him. And then U.S. forces take out that farmer. Maybe he freaks out. He's got a gun. He tries to fight back. And now he's dead. Or now he's locked away in an Afghan prison. Or he's at Gitmo all because you know a decades or even centuries old grudge with the guy next door who's not from the same uh, family lineage that's what this kind of sounds like here where you just a farmer working alone in his field who knows maybe he had a hoe and he was hoeing maybe he was on a tractor Doing just normal farmer stuff. But, all right, we've got eyes on. This is him at these grid coordinates. We are in range. And, boom, he's gone. This is starting to really become a hallmark of this administration. And really, of war in general, because... You know, you, you don't have to have boots on the ground. You just you have a guy in a chair in you know, California or Florida or wherever piloting a drone half a world away. All they know is here's the coordinates and where to look for your target. Or just go run surveillance and see what's going on. I But again, I I don't want more boots on the ground in Syria, Afghanistan, or Iraq. I, I really don't. I mean, those those are places that are falling to their own civil wars and they need we just need to get our guys out of there. And unfortunately they the, the Warhawks always make the claim, well, if we, if we don't, yeah, don't have people on the ground, the, the, the terrorists are going to rise up. there's the same people who are saying that, well, if we don't have boots on the ground in Ukraine, uh, Russia's just going to roll right over. We have to defend Western democracy. No, we don't. I mean, by all accounts, Ukraine's doing a good job holding their own. There are some, some that say that their ability to hold their own may be slightly inflated. I, I don't know. I don't care. But the, the people in charge, they, they have their friends at the lobbies, and at the defense contractors, that whole, you know, uh, the phrase that Eisenhower, the military industrial complex, there we go, they have their friends in charge of the, uh, the M.I.C., and you know, if we get in a war, we have to upgrade equipment, we have to replace equipment. We have to replace perfectly good equipment like the Beretta M9 pistol with the somewhat um, less than great Sig Sauer M17 and M18 because they're new and fancy. No real need to, again, replace a service pistol that has been incredibly reliable. I mean, I have one of the clones of the beretta m9 or beretta model 92 if you're getting a civilian one but regardless it's a well-functioning pistol i i have seen these berettas where they're older than dirt and the bluing is about half worn off of them but they still run Why replace something that's good unless you have a friend who makes something that the military wants, something the military needs, and, you know, if they just give a whole bunch of money in campaign contributions, I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm going to make sure you get this contract, but I'm going to make sure you get this contract. It is utterly ridiculous. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. All right, so before I get back into things, let me talk to you about coffee. Yes, good old fashioned joe, java, mud, whatever you call it. Coffee is the beverage that makes the world or makes the world go round. And my coffee of choice is American Pride Roasters. American Pride Roasters custom roast and grinds whatever flavor of coffee you want to order. Go check out aprcoffee.com. They have an amazing selection of traditional flavored or traditional and flavored coffees, as well as the coffee drops. I've not tried them, but I've heard amazing things like little chocolate chips infused with espresso and chef's kiss to die for. So go check them out. Aprcoffee.com. Historically great coffee. Now big big story when I say the big story it printed off it's like nine pages so the state of Washington we, we all know that they're crazy especially on the left coast of Washington and get once you get away from all the farming the high desert and central Washington the mountains everything uh, over toward with the exception of Spokane everything on the the eastern side along Idaho, that left coast is nuts, especially Seattle, Olympia, Puyallup, all those places are just wacko. So what a huge, huge shock it is to learn that, well, Washington residents won't be notified of sexual offenders being removed from Petto Island, into neighborhoods. Uh, this is a story from where's this? The post millennial and Ari Hoffman over there. Now, just a little uh, background on where the left's the left's social standings are. In San Francisco earlier this week, there was an issue that arose when, no, no, it was Seattle. It was Seattle, not San Francisco, my bad. I apologize. King County, where one of their boards was uh, looking at nominees for uh, positions on the board, and one of them, a dude who claims to be a woman, of color, because he, she, it, they claim they're African, indigenous, uh, indigenous, uh, Alaskan, yeah, African and Alaskan, blah, 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 blah. But they also are a multiple sex offender. This dude has a long history of doing inappropriate things, with teenage girls. And in fact, a member of that board also has a history of being molested by this dude. And while she's trying to bring up her legitimate, her legitimate concerns and fears about having to work with this guy on this board, she gets shouted down and the, uh, yeah, you know, the president of the board or the vice chair of the board one of the two. Well, yeah, uh, the you know, sex offenders are also victims of blah 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 and, and it's it's not equitable that they have to suffer for their crimes. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, anyone who would rape No, no, don't get me wrong. There are some circumstances where I think you should be like, okay. We should definitely give you a second chance. You know, you get those, you know, Romeo Juliet stories where he was eighteen, she was seventeen, or she was sixteen. They did their thing. She got pregnant, and suddenly, oh no, he's a uh, you know he committed statutory rape. Something like that, I think you can go. Okay, well, it's a one-time thing, and the person should be allowed to move on with their life. The dude in Seattle, where this is it? Time and time and time and time again, all these convictions that were pled down to you know. In one case, it was pled down from rape, where he legit raped a 15-year-old girl. It was pled down to um, sending her naughty messages. Ah, progressivism. Well... Also, in the world of progressivism, like I read this headline about the uh, residents won't be notified, uh, Governor Jay Inslee on Wednesday vetoed parts of a bill that would. Oh my gosh, I don't have anything laid out. Well, that would have required tribes and communities to receive advance notice if a sexually violent predator is relocated into their neighborhoods. Inslee issued the line-item vetoes for parts of Senate Bill 5187, which lay out this year's operating budget for the state. One of the sections Ensley voted required communities to be notified when sexually violent predators are being sent to Lath Restrictive Housing Alternatives, LRAs, by the Washington State Department of Social and Health Services. The, the, provi- the proviso would establish a pilot program to run until 2025. A section of the bill reads, quote, the department must provide notice and opportunity to comment to any community in which department intends to propose placement of a sexually violent predator, end quote. The bill will have also required DSHS to consult with federally recognized Native American tribes before proposing the placement of a sex offender, and take into account the distance of any LRA from the boundaries of reservations. Inslee wrote in a letter to the legislature, Section 2072, 2073, 3 pages 206-207, Department of Social and Health Services Community Notice and Consultation on Placement of Sexually Violent Predators. These provisos are administratively burdensome. For the Department of Social and Health Services Special, Committee Center, Special Commitment Center Program, When citing less restrictive alternatives in communities throughout the state. These additional administrative tasks would likely result in the delay in availability of placement options for individuals ordered by a court to be moved out of the McNeil Island facility. For this reason, I have vetoed these sections. Yeah. Because it would put an undue burden on... DSHS. Now, my question is, why would it be? Why would it be so hard? Why would it be so bad for communities? To know, hey, um, this halfway house down here, this guy from uh, McNeil Island is, uh, you know, he's only raped three people, but. You know, just so you're aware, he's being put in this halfway house. Why is that such a bad thing to tell people? I mean, shouldn't it be the responsibility of someone to let them know in advance? Because a lot of times, some of these guys, once they get out, and they are required to register, and update all this information. You know what's your address? Blah. Where do you work? Blah 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 blah. A lot of times, these guys won't do it. Now, that's not to uh, you know discount discredit the one guys are. They did bad things. They know they did bad things. They're trying to move on with their lives. They don't want to be you know a burden with the law. So they go out of their way to do what is asked of them. By the law, so why wouldn't you still go ahead and notify these communities? Hey, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's one thing. It doesn't make sense to me. It's almost like they're trying to protect whom they consider to be, um, I don't know, victims of society. Because that's really all they can do anymore, is just protect the victims of society. Because, oh, these unfair discrimination if everyone knows that they they raped four kids. In January, it was revealed that Washington State was releasing level three sex offenders from McNeil Island to be resettled into residential neighborhoods and halfway homes operated by a private company. Hmm. I wonder what kind of ties the owner of that company has to the governor or to members of the House and Senate there in Washington. The inmates were called the worst of the worst by federal government and include convicted pedophiles that are the most likely to reoffend. McNeil's 200 residents have quote, being convicted of at least one sex crime, including sexual assault, rape, and child molestation, a court has then found them to meet the legal definition of a sexually violent predator, meaning they have the mental abnormality or personality disorder that makes them likely to engage in repeat sexual violence, end quote. That's according to The Guardian. In 2021, Washington Democrats passed legislation that amended state law to make it easier to equally distribute the conditionally released sexual violent predators, which they refer to as residents, in counties across the state. In response to Inslee's line item veto, House Republican leader Drew Stokesbury and Caucus Vice Chair Eric Robertson released a joint statement slamming the governor's removal of the community notification requirements. The pair wrote, after a sexually violent predator was placed in our district without advance notice to the community or the Muckleshoot Indian tribe, whose reservation is less than one mile away, we introduced budget language requiring DSHS to provide local government officials with notice and an opportunity to comment before placing a sexually violent predator within their communities. The same notice and opportunity for comment would also have been extended to federally recognized Indian tribes before a sexually violent predator could be placed within one mile of the reservation. It is unconscionable that DSHS isn't already doing this, considering the public safety implications of placing sexually violent predators in established neighborhoods, often near school bus stops and other community amenities. And with the alarming rates of missing and murdered indigenous women, DSHS should be going out of its way to consult with tribes that worry about the safety of their members. Antonino, Washington five level three sex vendors were scheduled to be placed in a house operated by Supreme living LLC following community pushback, which included citing the facility for code and zoning violations, as well as the community constructing a neighborhood playground next to the facility. The project was halted. Yeah. Fortunately, there are people who do push back once they learn about it because the community despite what the gov- the governor, the legislature says, they have a responsibility to protect themselves, whether it is the residents of that community or the local government. And if you come in, you, if you have to come in and play lawfare to stop it from happening, well, I'm not a big fan of uh, the ends justify the means. I mean, if, you're not up to code, you're not up to code. And you've obviously been skirting that issue if you're getting to the point where they can say, oh, you're not up to code, got closed down. It, It just sucks that it takes that kind of situation to make that happen. I mean it goes back to why, why would you not want them to know? Unless you are so absolutely, you know, convicted in your way of thinking about how these people, they're not bad. They're just victims of circumstance. They made a bad choice or three or four or five. Why would you go out of your way to just sneak them into communities unless you kind of actually agree with the behavior? Or at the very least, again, this is about equity. You see, they've become oppressed peoples because of their crime, as well they should be. Um. I, I have a perfect housing opportunity for these uh, level three child sex offenders, these level three, you know, rapists. I I can house them 100% equitably. They will all get the same outcome in their housing. It will be my wood chipper. You can fit them into as many houses that you want. Hey, you know what? They can even practice celebrating Earth Day by composting in a trunk in somebody's closet. Now, I know there's people who's going to hear that and be like, oh my God, that was so mean. I don't care. There is a line that must be protected at all costs. And if you don't believe in stepping up to that line, And defending it at all costs. You're not going to like what happens when the same people that are not being defended against turn on you. This is what has happened in dictatorships around the world. I mean, Stalin killed more communists than he did capitalists. Anyone who was not thought to be communist enough ended up in a gulag or some other prison camp or just summarily executed like a dog. They always eat themselves. And how long will it be before you get someone who's out embracing this oh, wow, we're just doing this to to protect them and to help them move on with their lives. How long until they become a victim of those they're defending? It is unconscionable to believe that because of a political agenda, That maybe some people just aren't as bad as what they say they are. I mean, oh, pardon me. How long is it until that gives way to complete and total chaos? All right. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. I apologize for not being here last week. We had so much going on with kids graduating high school. And let me just say, if you are a teenager and you are graduating, congratulations. Uh, it's a big milestone. Uh, best of luck to your future endeavors. Whether you're, you know, going to a trade school, you're going to a college with, you know, for a four year degree, you're going You have sights on becoming a lawyer or doctor. Good luck and God bless. If you're going straight into the workforce because eh, college isn't for you, again, good luck and God bless. There are so many opportunities for young men and women to work in this country and to find ways to truly better their community. And if it's going to school, Becoming a teacher, going to school, becoming a doctor or anything that requires, you know, a full on college education. You hold on to your values. You do not let the school change those on you. You do not let them question your values. Do not let them make you question your values and wonder if everything you believe is right or wrong. Hold to those things that mean everything to you. Do not let them take them. Do not let them crush them. And go out and you make this world better than it was before you went to school. So thank you. That is my, uh, encouragement for the graduates of the class 2023 around the country. Best of luck and make this place better. For those of you who are watching live on the Twitch, thank you for joining me. For those of you who are watching this on YouTube or Rumble, please be sure to hit the hit that uh, subscribe button down the bottom, hit that bell, get notifications, and you know all the loud, crazy sound effects, ding, ding, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not that fancy. I got better things to do. Again. If you're listening to this on podcast and you're a first-time listener, please, the same four things I ask every week. Number one, please hit the subscribe, follow, like button, whatever it happens to be on your podcast app. Then um, once you've done that, please rate it five stars. I'll accept four, three and below. We need to have a talk. Once you have rated it, please write a nice review. Be clear, be concise. Be concise. Maybe uh, offer a little bit of fluff because, you know, whose ego doesn't want a little bit of fluff every now and then? And if you have, you want to tell me some ways I could be better, by all means, tell me ways I can be better. However, if you're a jerk about it, I will make fun of you on the next episode. And then once you have subscribed, rated, reviewed, please share this episode. Send it to somebody who you think will love it. Send it to someone you think will absolutely hate it and will drive them bonkers. I will gladly drive them bonkers so you don't have to. Again, thank you so very much for listening, and as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from PurplePlanet.com. Link in the show notes. Second Timothy 1.7